Yes. All <laughs> I, right. I actually went to go hit record <laughs> on my computer. Oh, uh, yeah. None of this may come to air. We'll see what happens. Yeah. We got a new computer. New computation machine we in are, the house. We're moving up, Alex. We're moving up. Moving we we up. bought ourselves some Jim Beam, so we're stepping up our whiskey <laughs> game, our bourbon game. Sorry. And then uh, Jason got a new computer. Yeah. I don't know how to work it. It's a Mac. It is. I've never used one before. Well, I'm, I have. I'm glad it's you... It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> I feel like that comes up a lot. I'm I'm glad you got one because Lord knows I didn't have the money to buy something nice because this my MacBook is on its last leg. It is. My my MacBook is the equivalent to a 99-year-old man. Yeah. <laughs> like that's it's it's a 2010 just regular white MacBook. So all you Mac nerds out there, you know what we're dealing with here. It's it's old, but it's still going. It does still go. It's I it's mean, served us well for two solid years of podcasting. Yeah, absolutely. It only broke down several times. That was only during a recording session where it said the disc was too slow or something. It's done that a handful of times. It's really annoying. But other than that, I mean, you just close it out and clear it off and go back at it. And it works. But Jason got a new computer, so that doesn't yeah. matter. How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was really good. Yeah. Um, couple things. Can can I share? Yeah, go for it. Because there's one. I have a recommendation. Okay. For this Thanksgiving season, um, my wife and I during the Thanksgiving season got to go on a date, nice. which was much needed. So y- even though we you know we really like spending time with our family, we've just been so busy that we needed a date night. So yeah. thankfully, our in laws watched Ada. We could go out on a date. We went and saw Instant Family oh, with Mark Wahlberg. I've the, heard about the this. foster care movie. So good. Yeah. It is completely satisfying. Like it, it encompasses all the emotions that foster care parents go through at the same time making it really funny. Yeah. So you're on the verge of just breaking down in tears and then boom, some comic relief happens. Yeah. So it is an emotional roller coaster, but Go, if if you're a foster care parent, go watch this movie. Take your spouse with you. Go watch the movie. Or if you're not a foster care parent, go watch it, and you'll get a glimpse of what it's like. See, you're the second person to recommend that movie tonight. What? Yeah, Jess and I were out at the store playing Santa, and we ran into somebody who goes to our church, and they said the same thing. Oh, man. Yeah. It is. It's really good. It's. It could be uh, my top three favorite Mark Wahlberg films. See, I got a kick out of Bohemian Rhapsody. You saw Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, nice. A few weeks ago, but I have watched so many Queen videos <laughs> since then. I am all about Brian May right now. He's such a good guitar player, but I think it's he gets insane. overshadowed because of Freddie Mercury. He does. He definitely does. But insane guitar player. And just looking up his rig, the guitar that he and his dad made, he That's played with awesome a freaking story. coin. Are you kidding me? He plays with like British nickels that he they don't even make anymore. Uses eight strings. He does? Yeah, like size eight. Like oh, so super, really thin, super thin and light strings. I, I thought would, you meant like eight string guitars. I'm no, like, yeah, I don't no, think so. six string guitars, but eights. Like those are so incredibly light. I'd break them just looking at them. Yeah. Break them all day long. And can you imagine playing eights with a with a coin? That seems like it would just break all the time. 
Yeah. He must play really, really gently. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you could get some massive bins out of those for sure. But yeah, I thought that was insane. We had a great Thanksgiving. We went down south, visited some family in Indiana. We also, Jess and I, got away, had a little date night. We met up with uh, Brandon Andrus and Brad Polly from Inglorious Pastors. Nice. And uh, talked about ancient aliens. <laughs> <laughs> the History Channel show. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That was probably a... As yeah. the owl say, a hoot. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think Brandon was into it. Um, yeah, Jess was embarrassed. <laughs> you know what I think? Because I like I I can talk some aliens you know and reptilian shapeshifters. Nephilim. It's yeah, Nephilim. Uh, totally. It's totally the Nephilim. Well, we already we already talked about that. We have something different on tap today. Oh my gosh! This which is, this is Jason and Alex raw and uncut. We do these episodes every once in a while where Jason's literally Jason literally came down in my basement five minutes ago and said, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. I'm like, okay, let's roll with it. Yeah. Let's talk about genetically modifying babies. GMO babies. Yeah. GMO GMO babies. (laughs) Yeah, dude. So I just have I have some crazy thoughts. It's it's pretty crazy that we can do that. I love so what's funny to me is all the so some of the futuristic movies that I've seen like The Matrix or Demolition Man, they all talk Demolition about Man. they all talk about making babies the old-fashioned way, just having sex. Oh my gosh. Isn't I never that, even realized that. Yeah, so like <laughs> Sylvester Stallone wants to have sex with Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Demolition Man, and, he, and they have like these the weird. Or and then there's the cone heads. Remember, the, they have the the rings of yeah. pleasure that they wear in their cones. <laughs> and Let's s- talk about pleasure rings instead. <laughs> I feel uh, like that'd be far more entertaining. MarriageSupply.com, baby. <laughs> Free plug for them. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So like, this is this is a bound to happen. Because if it if I saw it in a movie, then it's gonna happen eventually, right? Yeah. <laughs> but what implications does that have on our spirituality, <sighs> or what could it? So I mean, we're gonna get kind of crazy out there, but why the heck not? Yeah, why not? This is I our mean, episode. Did you look out the sky tonight? No, I didn't. It I was, was too. I was too busy trying not to be run off the road by crazy Michigan drivers yeah. who don't know how to drive in the first snowfall. We had a fake snowstorm today. They were calling for five to eight inches, and we got like one. Yeah. Although just north of here got a full blown twelve. Ye- I mean, they they really did. Like Clio and North got hammered. Really? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, I was very disappointed. Even though school got canceled, and it, like we should. Hey, we're not pastors. Definitely not pastors. And we're not weathermen. We probably raised some questions that you should go and ask your pastor. For sure. Or somebody who reads books. (laughs) (laughs) I've read a book once. It was a Harry Potter book. (laughs) Nice. I built some Harry Potter Lego sets. Same thing. Absolutely. So, Jason, we're two guys who aren't pastors who are talking about genetically modified babies. Yeah. So this is not your pastor's GMO child episode. (laughs)
Pleasure rings. I mean, genetically modified babies. <laughs> Dang it. We just had a great conversation off air about pleasure rings and stocking stuffers. <laughs> Question to everybody out there. Um, is, it, is it appropriate to put a sex toy in your spouse's stocking? Maybe, maybe just say, wait a minute, go let the kids play with their new stuff. Then you can open up that present at least. Yeah. For, I'm kind of curious. Is, is that, is that allowed? Just don't put it in the wrong stocking. Oh yeah. That would be bad. That was a skit idea I had that we never, it was, yeah. That I never did. Dang it. Yeah. Shoot. All just wasted. I wasted good ideas. We need to record some more skits. I have a couple up my sleeve. Uh, so I have one that I'm working on. It takes me a lot longer. You just whip them out. Just I just need I, I just need like two hours to sit down and write one. Yeah. Who has two hours <laughs> to do anything? Well, pe- the people that genetically modify babies have some time on their hands. Yeah. We should have recorded this a whole lot sooner, but you and I were just on our laptops looking at uh, Cyber Monday deals. <laughs> I bought a, I bought a new set of headphones for the podcast because Much they needed. were 47% off. Much needed. You got a deal, dude. Flipping sweet. I mean, yeah. they're not the greatest headphones in the world, but they're also better than what we got. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Which is a pair of headphones that has painter's tape and packaging tape <laughs> holding them together. All the like both fake tapes, leather has like flaked off. Both and it, tapes I would not use for that every time I've, purpose. Every time I've worn those headphones, like these black little flakes of fake leather. It's black dander are left all over you like dandrift and everybody's like what is this what is that and you can't wash it off it's just on there for days it just you just got to wait for that new layer of skin to yeah. shed it off <laughs> shoot oh man jason and i haven't podcasted for a minute no we haven't dude i have really missed this i think we we've only gotten together really once released one episode in november that sucks it is what it is. It's it's partially my fault. We have failed so many people. I'm really sorry to everybody, but this this new job, and I, I'm not complaining about it because I'm learning a lot, and there's been some occasions where my knowledge has actually been able to help some people, so it kind of feels a little validating in that respect. But, gosh, I'd like to have some free time. No, I mean, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get, into, we'll get into a good rhythm with your new job. Yeah. It'll work. It'll work itself out. We'll balance. We'll do a hundred episodes a week, <laughs> and people will love us, and it'll be amazing. And then I'll quit my job. Yeah, and I'll just focus on this. What if we did a hundred episodes a week? A hundred? Where are you talking about? That would be insane. I think James Beam has been talking to you too much <laughs> in your ear. Beam me up. Beam. <laughs> Hashtag beat me up. All right. Genetically modified babies. I I was thinking about this and I was like, what if we stole a line from Probably Wrong Podcast? Uh Remember how they had their new news segment? Yeah. Let's just not call it that, though. I'm not going to, but (laughs) but no, I flip on my radio today in the middle of uh, just an old person bludgeoning Michigan snowstorm. Promised eight inches, only delivered one. Let me guess, was it NPR? Yeah, it was NPR. <laughs> okay. NPR's fantastic. I love NPR. It's a good mix of just random news. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. 
Uh, I, always were, get, I always get bored and I just turn on the classic rock station. I try to listen and then I just like, eh, we're going to go to 90, 94.7. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely, usually when they start bringing up, you know, it seems like there's a lot of breastfeeding <laughs> topics. I know. It's just weird. Do genetically modified babies need okay. breast milk? Well, no, it's a thing. Okay, so if you're not familiar with what CRISPR is, it's like a DNA editor i don't know how it works but people are doing it dino dna (laughs) (laughs) basically they found a sperm in a piece of amper (laughs) (laughs) they found a mosquito and they're making new babies now no so it's long been theorized but a chinese scientist has genetically modified Two of course, it's a Chinese scientist. Twin girls. Oh, he's dude. He is in the hot seat. I heard this on NPR this morning, and at first they were like kind of celebrating. Like the first like news wave to hit this morning was like, "Holy crap, mankind has done it!" And then the second news wave was like, "Yeah, this guy's crazy. He shouldn't have done it. He's a criminal, and has come under fire for doing it." Like the agency he's work is working with is not like coming out and saying, "Oh yeah, those those twin girls were born here," or anything like that. So I mean, there's a lot of controversy surrounded around editing the DNA of human beings. I'm- so but basically, what he did is he edited the DNA of two twin girls so they can no longer receive a couple of different diseases. One of them HIV. And smallpox was another one. So apparently these two new twin girls cannot, cannot get, it. Get, get HIV or smallpox. What's wrong with that? How they test it. Yeah, how do they test it? Do, they, do they expose do them to the virus? Because that seems kind of cruel. Because what if they get it? Like, I think, I think you just had these two girls born into a life of probing. Of like, see, that's the thing that's unfortunate to me. The science behind it is cool. The idea behind it, I think, is is yeah. interesting, very interesting. But the the actual ramifications of it is like, okay, now these two little girls are going to be tested and probed, like you said, for the rest of their life because they are the first, essentially, of their kind. Yeah, the first fruits. <sighs> Jason, you have to, to put... get biblical. It's okay. When you said two twins that were genetically modified, all I could think of was the movie Twins yeah. with Danny DeVito <laughs> and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and poor Danny DeVito is just the quote-unquote leftover crap. I just remember my brother loving Arnold so much because he's so strong and so brutal and just this ultimate man's man. It's and his then, highest grossing movie is Twins. And then the movie Twins? And what's the one where he gave birth? Junior. Junior. <laughs> How about we call her Junior? <laughs> Those movies came out back to back and my brother was just, he was so mad and so broken. <laughs> I watched those two movies over any of the Expendables. I'm sorry. It was like those are bad. It was like Arnold actually punched my brother in the gut as hard as he could with those two movies. There's another movie, another another movie where we we get past the the old fashioned quotes. They're making babies. Oh, Junior. Yeah. Yeah. Just and they, hey, let's try and make the perfect human being. It comes out as an Austrian bodybuilder. 
Are you talking about Arnold? Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about the movie Junior, and I'm thinking about males delivering oh. babies. Oops. Sorry. How did they do I that in the it. movie? How did he... He doesn't have a uterus. Was it a C-section? I don't know how he does it. He, I remember he takes like... He puts a shot in him, and it like gives him like the right hormones to like be able to carry a child, but that mean that wouldn't work because he doesn't have a uterus. Or a birth canal. Or, yeah. So it must have been C-section, right? Because it ain't coming out the urethra. Yeah. It, the urethra doesn't stretch that far. No. Mm-mm. Nope. It, that's a weird, it's hard to say on the podcast. Yeah. Urethra. Yeah. I'm not even going to try. <sighs> so, this, so, this whole yeah. thing is so interesting to me because at the same time, like, it's like, what can we do? We probably shouldn't. <laughs> but I mean, eventually this is going to be something where people are going to want. Yeah. I mean, it's going to, the technology is going to become a, it's just a matter of time. If it wasn't this Chinese, excuse me, if it wasn't this Chinese guy, it's going to be another guy yeah. who's doing it. We're talking about designer babies. And like I you only, could, you could and walk I only in. say the Chinese part because it's the exact, it's the, the guy from Jurassic Park is Asian, of Asian yeah. descent. I'm sorry. That's where my head goes with movies. From the new movies? Yeah. Yeah. They use the same guy. Making the Indoraptor or whatever the thing yeah, was that, called? Yeah, that same guy is in, is in the original just Jurassic Park. Just just... Yeah. And he How only creepy ha- was that? He only has, like, one line. He's just like, oh, those are Velociraptors. They're all females. That's all he says in the whole movie. Yeah. And then they give him, like, a huge part in the two new movies. Yeah, for sure. This now I'm just thinking about Jurassic Park. This is basically just a, a, a so red okay. rum episode, just yeah, with us a little not bit. as good, a little bit. So what if they can just just thinking, Alex? Not that there's any proof that they can do this, but what if they could make a baby who was morally perfect? So you. Th- I, it's interesting that you bring that up because now you're diving into something that I, I think goes beyond the physical. Yeah, I don't even know if it's possible. Like they, th- can, they can edit. They're, they're talking. They're already scientists are talking about making babies who are seven feet tall, super strong. They can, they can do these things. They can make designer babies. Uh, you could make a whole entire race of people, theoretically. Sounds very German. Uh, yeah, there's some there's some weird stuff. I mean, it potentially very scary yeah. stuff. Um, but what if they could edit it in a way that could affect your conscious to be morally pure, for lack of better phrasing? What if they could make a morally perfect baby? I just don't think I just don't think that's that's possible because well, we don't I, we don't you don't learn your morals from genetics. Your genetics determine how you're made, how you look, but not necessarily how you act. Yeah, it's me just thinking out loud. I know it's just you thinking out loud, but I'm just saying your the question that you posed on Facebook cuz you posed a question on Facebook and we got some interesting answers. I did. So I'd like I'd like you to read some of those answers, Jason, while I think more about 
Jurassic Park. Yeah, let me pull it up here <laughs> while you think more. If scientists could use CRISPR to genetically edit babies to be morally perfect and obedient to biblical law, would there still be a need or a point for Jesus? One, who's using that criteria? To like, who's, who's saying to themselves, you know what? There's 613 laws in the Old Testament. I'm going to work on that. Probably the Jews. Probably Israel is the only country that would ever think about doing that. Anybody who's angry at sin. So you think a Christian scientist would do it? Yeah, like, I, I hate sin. I hate the fact, I mean, Paul hated sin. I hate the fact that I sin. I hate the fact that I keep making mistakes. Why would I want my children to also keep making mistakes? If I could design my child so they always made the morally right decision, knowing that it matched up with the Bible, so I could say, because this is future and it's crazy, but hey... CRISPR, make my, make my child biblically perfect. If I could do that, because I want them to not have the heartache of sin in their lives. I did, well, what if we, what, I have a hard what if time, we could make a baby like that? I, I have a hard time with that hypothetical because <sighs> I, it's not possible. See, it's not possible to make a morally upright, sinless, quote-unquote, sinless child. You need another winter ale so you can play along, Alex. That's the thing. I can't play along with this question because... So, I read this incredible book years ago. It's in my top three favorite books. Is it the Bible? Don't say the Bible. (laughs) Whenever you'd play those games and, like... Youth groups and Christian like icebreakers, like if you could be stranded on an island and only have one book, there's always like the the asterisk around there. You already have the Bible with you, so a different book. Yeah, because you would definitely pick the Bible <laughs> first. So, like obviously you're a Christian. We get it. Now move on. Oh, what other books? So what was I saying? Is I just I the, have the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Chronicles. Narnia. <laughs> no, so I read Timothy Keller's Reason for God. Okay. It's one of my favorite books because it's one of those books that really dives into like the deep the deep water for, from what I perceive the deep end of the pool to be essentially. So he talks about the nature of good and evil and he talks about God and he talks about how we would not have such reverence for God or such a desire for Jesus and a desire to be out of this world because we don't because if everything was good all the time right then the desire of heaven or the desire for a savior would not be present get what I'm saying but what if everything looked good all the time what if everybody made the good decisions did the right thing it would still fall short. It would still fall short because you, you don't have... I don't disagree with you, but how would you know? <laughs> you would read the Bible. You would say, yeah. It's, this is hard for me because I can't play along with your hypothetical because they can't do it ever. 
You're dealing with something <sighs> that cannot be possibly if. done. It's a what if, Alex. What if? Answer it. I can't. <laughs> you have to now. I can't. Don't tell me how to do things. All right. So to, to, to get the juices flowing a little bit, I'll read some of the responses from people who shall remain nameless. Jordan Evans says, <laughs> um, you know, going back to my question, just to, to refresh the listeners, if scientists could use CRISPR to genetically edit babies to be morally perfect and obedient to biblical law, would there still be a need or a point for Jesus? Jordan Evans says, yes, because the law never contained a promise of salvation, only blessing and cursing based upon obedience. That's an awesome point. That was the answer I read, and I was like, yep. A lot better than yours, who's saying, I can't even, I can't play along. I can't even even play along, Jurassic (laughs) Park and such. Um... Yes, because of original sin, the sin that we have inherited from our federal head, Adam. Next question. So somebody wrote. Somebody else says, ooh, great question. Yes, because all creation groans and waits for the day of redemption. The cross wasn't just about people. That's interesting. That's a whole episode in and of itself. We always think Jesus and the cross is just for us. It's just for mankind. It's just for humans. But it's for everything. When, when Jesus comes back, everything's going to be redeemed, even creation itself. Gosh, that's incredible. Yeah, but I that's think... nutty the, to think about. The question still holds up, at least the way I'm thinking of it. If everybody was... You're able... Your imagination is better. Years down the road. Your imagination is way better than mine, for sure. I like conspiracies, and this just... It fits right in. I love that sound effect. Yeah. You can't, you can't get a soundboard for that sound no, effect. No, you can't. I mean, just if, every, <laughs> if everything looked perfect, you wouldn't know the difference otherwise. You would read the Bible and say, yeah, we do that. I mean, that's, would, that's would what, you be able to even understand the concept so, of, of Christ and, so and let me, needing let me, a savior? Let me go down a literary. A route. lot of people already don't understand the need for Christ. They well, already think I'm a I'm, I'm a morally good person. Sure, I make mis- mistakes from time to time, but I've never made any major mistakes. I've never done anything that would warrant what you call hell. So, so have you ever? Wa- have you? Ever, why do I need Jesus in school? Did you ever read the Time Machine? I watched the Time Machine, the movie. So what? Are, so there's the Eloy, which are the people, which look like they're like all blonde hair, blue eyed people. Yeah. And then there's the Morlocks that live underground. <laughs> you remember a lot. Did you watch this recently? No, I just or read it. Recently? I really like I I liked the I liked the book, and I also liked the classic movie. I did not like the remake that they made in the early two thousands. I liked the classic movie from like the sixties. Yeah, I watched that when I was ridiculously young. So, like all the Eloy people, it was just normal for them to go down into the caves and be eaten. By the Morlocks. Yeah. It wasn't until the, I can't remember the scientist's name. I can't remember his name. Gosh. Anyway, it wasn't until he showed up in his time machine when he told everybody, no, this is wrong. They're eating you and they're killing you. And that's wrong. It was probably Jimmy. 
It was Jimmy the scientist. <laughs> Man, I wish I could remember his name. I can't remember it. I remember his friend's name, Philby. I don't know why I can't remember his <laughs> name. Um, so I think that's partially the whole reason why you have to have somebody shouting from the wilderness. Let's use some biblical terms there. Very biblical, Alex. Saying like, no, this is all messed up. Like, so you got John the Baptist shouting from the wilderness saying, no, the like calling people to repentance and then talking about the Savior. And then Jesus shows up and then he starts just wreaking havoc on the whole flipping system. He's he's flipping the world upside down, flipping the world upside down. But everybody for 400 years, because what is it between Malachi and Matthew? There's like 400 years of silence. The Something like that. So like, ask your pastor. They were probably, yeah, don't ask us. (laughs) It's either 200 or 400. It's definitely an even number. (laughs) (laughs) There's, there's no odd number. So everybody just operated per use until those guys came on the scene and said, no, this is wrong. And the same thing with the Protestant Reformation, like everybody was just like, oh yeah, we're supposed to buy indulgences so we, we can get our family members into heaven. And then, you know, Martin Luther came along and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, I mean, to go along with what you're saying, like, I personally think that because it's man-made, they couldn't, they would not be able to get it perfect enough. So, yeah, even if it was remarkably close and we could not tell the difference, it would still be flawed in some sort of way. That's what, t- I mean, I think that's still, what you're kind of saying. Even though we wouldn't recognize it, well, somebody would still need to come along you, at some point and Here's say, the thing. Hey. Ooh, this is interesting. Could they genetically modify the baby to not age? <gasps> because that would be, that would be the, the killer. That would be, that would be it. If, so it could live forever. Then. So it could live forever because... It, it would, would it would not be a perfect human being. It would have eternal if it died. Morally perfect life. <laughs> this just got interesting. It the whole did. the whole life and death question. Yeah, that's what mankind has been searching for since the beginning of time. Eternal life. To then, live forever. And there's Jesus over there. Uh I'm eternal life. Come yeah. to me. John 11. You guys should read it sometime. Somebody else writes and says, isn't that a predestination versus free will debate? Interesting. Yeah, it is. It's a different take. It's a different take. It's both. (laughs) (laughs) For more on predestination or free will, consult your pastor. (laughs) God chooses people, but you also have some weird decision to make with your sin. It's weird. I'm waiting. Don't you hate this? Like it says somebody's writing a comment. Those sons of bitches. So, just write the comment. <laughs> I'm waiting for another comment to populate. We're live on a podcast right now. And someone's writing and I can't read it. Thanks. Thanks, Internet and Flint. It's just those three little bouncing dots. <laughs> just bouncing. Follow the bouncing ball. Boom, 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 boom. Is there nothing like that incites more anticipation than that, though? That's why I love oh iMessage for iPhones. Oh my god, somebody's writing a comment right now. What because if the say? bouncing ball is the bouncing balls are still going, it's like, oh man, maybe it's like a really long comment, and then you'll just get back a reply. Yep. Oh, and then it does the worst, it disappeared. Oh, that's Oh, it's done that twice now while I've had this screen pulled up. So somebody's really thinking about this and doesn't know how to write it down. Gosh. <laughs> 
All right, we do have one more, though, from our... Um, these are on Facebook, by the way. Follow us on Facebook if you don't. Sometimes yeah. we post stuff on there. <laughs> Jeez, oh, Pete. Oh, I really like this answer, or this thought. I think the point of Jesus was to reveal God to us, not to pay our ticket. So I'd say yes. It's interesting. I think it's both. I would say both. Yeah. But, but the that, concept of to reveal God to us, that's something we don't think about often. Like Paul says it, he is the image of the invisible God. Yeah. Like, you want to know what God's like? Look at Jesus. I mean, how many... Oh, what if they made a morally perfect baby and named him Jesus? <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't know what to do with that Wouldn't point. it not be like the Titanic? <laughs> like, wouldn't you just be asking for it? What if that's how the Antichrist is born? Oh my gosh, we just... <laughs> oh, I know nobody knows the day or the time, but Alex, we're close. <laughs> They, they've been saying that since Spurgeon's day, dude. Oh, we we're gotta close. Pause. We we're gotta, so close. We need to take a break. I gotta pee. All right. Oh, you're already recording. This, yep. this is so weird because I usually hit the record button. Not anymore. Which is fine. I'll, I'll just sit over here and use my laptop to look up stuff. So five-star reviews. We like to read five-star reviews. We need a clip of uh, Janine. We've got one. <laughs> <laughs> from Ghostbusters. Is that what we're doing right now? Are we doing five-star reviews? Yeah. Okay, great. I wasn't sure what this, the schedule was. Oh, no, yeah, we're in the break. Okay, so we're in the break. So the, in the break, usually Jason and I, if we have a five-star review, we like to we like to read them. Mm-hmm. Um, the they're rule, important to us. They're important to us. It, it lets us know where we're at, and also it helps our podcast get to more people, the more five-star reviews we have. So if you like our podcast, if you've been listening for a while and you haven't left a review on Apple iTunes podcast app, just do it, please. We, we really appreciate it, and that's why we read them. Yeah. So the rule is, if you leave a five-star review, you leave a comment, I have to read whatever you write. It's true. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, I will read it. Unless it's some sort of blasphemy against the Red Wings, then I will not read it. Yeah, it won't. I won't allow it. I won't allow that on my podcast. Will not allow it. Read so, this one. So this one is from Serafina27. She left it on November 21st, which is recent. Yeah. Really recent. So that I was thinking about it upstairs. She left a comment on her podcast when our last two podcasts were WTF Prayers <laughs> and Crypto Kentucky <laughs> Ghost Stories. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks, Sarah. Yeah, thank you. Um, so this po- it says this. I love this podcast. I'm a young ministry major and a confused Christian who is trying to get past religious BS and figure out what this faith really is. This podcast is such a great resource for me to use as I wrestle with my faith and continue to seek who God is. Love you guys. Well, Sarah, we love you. That is awesome. (sighs) That's so awesome. I feel like... Like, Who would have thought? I feel like I'm in the same boat. (laughs) Exactly. Two guys in a Michigan basement. Yeah. Just talking about Jesus, trying to figure this whole thing out. Yeah. And, and then you, you sneak mix, in some Red Wings talk a little bit. You mix ministry into it, and it gets weird. It gets weird sometimes. Young ministry major. Gosh. 
That's awesome. Well, first of all, best of luck to you. Yep. Definitely. Uh, You're in our thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Going back to our last episode. Some people really enjoy college. Other people just want to get out as quick as you can. <laughs> Lots of people go to college for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're cool. I'm not even going to go there. Not even going to go there. All right. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for yeah. your five-star review. And please... When you leave a five-star review, just don't leave a five-star. Just leave, leave a comment with your five-star, and we'll read it. it. It's great feedback for us. So, all right, Jason, what's next? Yeah, let's get back into it. It happened, Alex. It finally <laughs> happened. What happened? That someone is writing a response <laughs> <laughs> on our Facebook. That comment finally populated. Yeah. For a minute, I just thought it was me accidentally hitting like the text area. Nope. Like, what if it's just me? It wasn't. It wasn't. No. It's never you. That's so why you're predestined. To answer our question, <laughs> I didn't hear what you said because I was talking over it. I'll listen back to it though. Would there still be a need or point for Jesus? Yes, because morally perfect does not equal love. Jesus is about love, not about rules. Okay. Yeah. Not about the rules. Ah, oh, man, I was trying to explain to our boys. It's funny, he's not about the rules, but he plays by the rules. He did. He did. Yeah. He had to he, keep all the rules. He definitely did. He had to be sinless. Interesting. That's, a, that's, that's very interesting. Huh. You're you're saying you're trying to explain to your boys. Yeah, they they would had just learned about the Ten Commandments, and they were asking all kinds of questions. And I was like, "Well, technically, we don't live under the Ten Commandments anymore, but we do have the film starring Charlton Heston." <laughs> I bring you fifteen. That's the Mel Brooks. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Charlton Heston. That movie was legit. Is really long. It's two cassette tapes. <laughs> They're upstairs. <laughs> no, it's it's not even two cassette tapes. It's two DVDs. Oh wow! Is that Ben Hur? No, that's that's something else. Ben Hur is a different movie that takes place during quote unquote biblical times. Yeah, that's also two VHS tapes. Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston as Moses. Yeah. That's how God sounds in the Burning Bush. Oh. Moses. Sounds kind of ghostly. I know. <laughs> the burning bush effect is really cheesy, too. <laughs> anyway, you're trying to explain to your boys. I keep cutting you off yeah. with movie references. They were asking a bunch of questions about the Ten Commandments, and I said, we technically don't live under the Ten Commandments anymore. Was I right or wrong? I said we technically live under two commandments. Love your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. yourself. Those are the two greatest commands, mm -hmm. which sum up everything. Right. According to Jesus. That's what Jesus said. Who a new baby has been born, Jesus, who was genetically modified. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, he could be, you could be morally perfect. Could you be morally perfect? And biblically pro programmed, but not exercise love. Is it possible? 
would that not be the description of a Pharisee? Yeah, because weren't they morally perfect, highly it, regarded? Because I think to among, even to even enter in relationships with other human beings, even though you're quote unquote genetically modified, like it's gonna get messy. You know what I'm saying? Because then selfishness comes in, comes into play. So here's another thing. I had a buddy of mine one time who doesn't go to church saying, I'd really like to get my kid into church because I want to raise him with some morals. Mm. And I said, you know, that's not what church is for. Mm -hmm. Correct. To me, it's not about morals at all. But I could see from his perspective how there's, there's an enticing element of getting your life back on track, getting back to some sort of moral ground, especially if you've been off of it. More specifically to, to my point, or um, my example, it's not that he was far off the track, it's that he wanted to raise his kid with those morals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for myself growing up, that's where I learned morals. I learned morals from the church. Maybe less from the church and more from my parents, but definitely the church had well, a, like the had Bible element in there. Definitely does have speak to some wisdom about maybe making some certain life choices that'll benefit you in the long run. So, like the one I always think about is being getting married, not having sex before marriage, and waiting to have kids until after you're married and you're in a committed relationship with your spouse. Like, so I think about that one quite a bit because that's 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 how my wife and I did it. We we tried to live up to God, what God asks his people to do in that moral realm. OK, oh, man, I remember. Oh, can I interrupt you? Yeah. Sorry. But to go along with that, I remember my father in law coming to me and saying, you did everything right and in the right order. You got married. There was a period of time before you had kids. There was no question, no doubt that we had some sort of bastard child or morally corrupt. Like it was, we did everything right. We got married three years or so had passed. Who knows? Who's counting the years? There was more than nine months before we had a baby. And, and he was like, he was, he was kind of like, it was kind of like, you did it, congratulations, and also thank you. Mm. It was one of those. And I just kept thinking, this is really, like, what if, I, what if I didn't do it right? What if I what if I did it wrong? Are you still coming up to me and... No, I'm... With the same? Or, so, I'm sorry, I interrupted no, you. No, the reason why what? I bring it up is because I have known some people that that's not their story. Yeah. And I don't say this to judge them or put any sort of condemnation on them. Like that's not my, that's not my place. But one of the things about my wife and I really enjoy about our relationship is, especially in regards to our children is the fact that we are raising them together. Yeah. There's not, well, daddy does this and mommy does this. If you're in a relationship where you don't live with your spouse or you're divorced or you're having to pay child support payments. Like I don't have to pay child support payments. Yeah. Because I'm married 
to and like I'm no judgment on anybody. I'm just no, I understand. I, I know certain situations happen, but that's what I think God wants as the ideal because it it makes for a lot of things less difficult down the road. Oh, so here's a question. So, but the reason why I bring that up is because what if you've never faced difficulty because you always made the right decision? Would you have a need for Christ personally? Forget the CRISPR thing. You never really messed up. Do you, can you understand that you need a savior? Well, you've definitely, if, if you've def, you've definitely messed up one of the, the dietary restrictions. I'm almost positive. <laughs> So therefore, I have broken one of the six hundred and forty-six odds. So laws. therefore, you're not perfect. No, I understand, but if you don't, <laughs> if you don't realize it, this goes back to the whole thing of preaching in a church versus preaching to recovering drug addicts. Okay, you you re, you preach to recovering drug addicts, and there's a it's a different element. It's a different vibe altogether because. Especially if you're in a recovery home, they know they've they've jacked something up. They know they've messed up. They know they're an outcast to society, and it is way easier to preach Jesus to them because when you, I agree, you agree. I agree. 100%. Okay, so I'm not on an island here. But when I'm preaching to them, they're you know provided they are not over medicated or under medicated and asleep because they're tired and mm-hmm. and adjusting to a new regimen they've never had to experience before. They're generally on the edge of their seat, excited to receive the word of Jesus. They'll get baptized multiple times because they think they can't continually need it and need it. Like I've seen it happen before. As opposed to preaching on a Sunday morning, which you and I have both done, to people who, by and large, have never they've never done anything to the magnitude of being put in jail. You know, they've never messed up to the magnitude of, say, the the recovering drug addict who's been abandoned by their family because, let's face it, they've cut all those ties over and over and over again. It's not because their family doesn't love them. Mm. It's that their family can't do anything for them anymore because they need help greater than what the family can provide. Exactly. You've already drained them of all their resources and finances and enough stays on the couch it doesn't matter you need tough love at that point i mean most churchgoers who sit in the pews not that they haven't experienced pain but everybody experiences pain everybody loses something you know you lose somebody to cancer but there's always you lose that element child. there's there's always that element of this sermon isn't for me yeah this is for so so and so down the street, you know, if so and so down the street was here, they would really get something out of this, but not me. Yeah, and I think I whenever I, preached, I mean, I've definitely sat through those. I mean, I've thought that thought, sitting through a sermon. Yeah, this this one's not for me. I'm gonna mail it in. And there's sometimes I'll I'll be honest, like if it's it's if it's like I'm not the perfect at this, but when I hear a sermon on how we're supposed to be sharing the gospel continually. Yeah, like I, I kind of phone it in for. I'll be honest, I'll phone. I phone it in for that one because it's like I know, yeah. I know, I know what the Great Commission says. I have a podcast. I have a podcast, <laughs> but it doesn't make the message any less important. And even I'll walk away and I'll be like, "Gosh, I really, I should have." This is like a moment for me to just like 
meditate on this scripture, even though I've heard it a thousand times, it still doesn't make it any less true. And maybe I need to change my game up a little bit or something or other. But yeah, we're getting a little off topic. A little bit, but I mean, it it just goes to that whole that whole element. Do you really understand the need for Jesus if you never mess up and never make a mistake? You never put yourself out there. I mean, you, could, you, you probably don't. You probably don't think you need a Jesus if you think you're doing everything right. Let's not even take let's take genetically modified babies out of it. Well, we've we did that a minute ago. So let's take it. So if you live by your, your moral code, which most and we'll bring it we'll bring it around because we live in America. So like you're living by you're living you're living the good American dream. You're helping out your neighbor. You're doing good things. Yeah, I know these people. You participate in some elements of charity. You give to people. You help people in need. You love your neighbor. Those, those, I'll be quite honest, those people are the hardest people to share the gospel with because they don't think they need a savior. Yeah. They have saved themselves through their good works. Or they think that if there's any eternal life coming to them, they've already achieved it because they're not like so-and-so down the street, or they're not the Hitlers of the world. But I think Paul speaks really good to this in the book of Romans, where he kind of talks about the first section of Romans, where he starts really diving into sin. He kind of talks about the people's like, yeah, those are sinners. Those are clearly sinners. Those are the people that are sinning outwardly enough to where you could see it and you know that it's a sin. So like I always equate like to the Hitlers of the world. Like we all know the Hitlers of the one of the worst men in all of human history. Yeah. But then Paul goes into kind of the more pharisaical. Well, what he does is in each, every time he lists a group of sins, I think John does this in Revelation too. They start with the most obvious outward sins, sexual immorality. Yeah. Of of that name. Orgies. Like, don't do that. Orgies. Yeah. They, that, I'm, I'm pretty sure when Paul wrote the word orgies, he said it just like that as he was writing the words. Like a big that's how, O. That's how Danny, Danny DeVito. Like, it was like. That's how Danny DeVito says it. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> orgies. It was a big <laughs> O and a big A and a capital R. Yeah. Jeez, with it two like two or three oh E's and a Z, <laughs> derailed. It starts with the most obvious outward sins that most people, I feel like, with any type of moral compass, would say probably not, probably not do that. Right, but then it gets into the internal stuff. Like the the list can continually gets internally internal internalized to where it comes to things like greed and selfishness and things of that nature pride well the Sermon which on, are Sermon which are things we can perfect for that uh, those are things we can struggle with and hide and boy can we hide them good and make it seem like yeah i never i never struggle with pride Psh, jealousy no i ain't god's got you know i'm content alex 
<laughs> I prayed for contentment and I got it. Yeah, I am so content. That's right why now. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is so like there's people's heads had to have just been blown away when he started saying that stuff. Yeah. Oh, if you've ever hated your brother in your heart. Oh, you dude, I could do a whole nother episode. You murdered him. I can do a whole nother episode on the Sermon on the Mount. If you ever looked at a woman lustfully, let's do a whole nother episode on the Sermon on the Mount sometime. It's okay. amazing. It's, it is amazing. So, you want to land the plane? Do you want to land, you want to send the teams back to the locker rooms? Yeah, I mean, we started with something kind of crazy and out there, making a morally perfect CRISPR baby. <laughs> I just always even CRISPR sounds kind of funny. It it almost sounds like something that like Kentucky Fried Chicken would. It's <laughs> an option. What I was thinking it's an option. It's just crispier. It's like just crispy. Just want to eat the skin because that's the good part. That's where all the flavor is. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's just more crisp. Man, that's what you said when we were listening back to our my new computer recording our audio. You said it sounds more crisp. Crisp. <laughs> all right so let's we get into the whole aspect of we kind of already live in that boat don't we we kind of already live yeah in in the current state that we live in in america like and unless you've made some painfully obvious mistakes you probably don't realize your need for jesus which is I, i i do a little bit of a shudder moral Morals, morality has a little bit of that uh, baggage tied to it. Oh, for, for me, sure. for sure. Uh, because um, even going back to things like my father-in-law said, "You did everything right." I'm still, I'm a broken human being. How can you be telling me I've done everything right? And you know, at the time, I probably like, yeah, I have. You know what? I have done everything it's right. The same thing God with the word me. Same thing with the word obedience. Like we've talked about that. Yeah, before. obedience has a lot of baggage to me. So, like my wife and I were, I feel fairly obedient in our relationship. Not perfect, obviously, but like that's a choice that we made. But that doesn't make us any better than yeah. anybody else. Heck, no. No, obedience can fly out the window so quickly. One life event can just shake your obedience. <laughs> Yeah, your faith, whatever, to the core. Yep. And you could find yourself making decisions that you would have never thought you made, you would have made otherwise. And if you don't believe me, Peter did that same exact thing. I'll never deny you, Jesus. You'll do it three times before the rooster crows. Uh, Yeah, no, I won't, Jesus. And he did. Yep. Like, we do the same thing all the time. I lost my train of thought a little bit. Well, then it's time to land the plane. It probably is. It's time to put this pony back in the stable. Yeah. I'm just saying, I need something more than morals. I need something a little bit supernatural. I need something to show me that there is hope over my brokenness. I need Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's it's, he's the only one that can save. It's the only name under heaven that can save. Not CRISPR. No. Not GMO babies. It's Jesus. I'm just waiting for the headline. CRISPR makes baby Jesus. <laughs> That's it. It's the Antichrist. <laughs> that is. Pack it up. Oh, man. He's going to sit on the throne. Oh, don't. 
don't don't even I don't oh. it's late. I don't want to have nightmares before bed. And half a revelation's gonna play out. Don't worry, we'll be raptured. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, did we just open up a can of worms by saying raptured? Yeah, absolutely we did. So anyway, guys, uh visit us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh leave us a five star review, like we said earlier. And um, drop us a line, not your pastor's podcast at gmail.com. Especially if you would like to contribute a sermon, if you'd like to share your experience of Jesus, reach out to us on email and we will make that happen. What about the Patreon? Do we, is that still? Yeah, the Patreon's there. Wow, he sold it really good. I know it. I think Carrie Jellick is our one Patreon supporter. Good job, Carrie. She is a deaconess. <laughs> Good job. Yep. If you would like to be a deacon or deaconess, go to Patreon slash NYPP. Yes. Or is it not your? Is it, or is it spelled out? I think it's just NYPP. That so, would be greatly helpful. Money cures a lot of ails. It sure does. I don't even know if I said that right, but it. Money makes the rocking world go round. Absolutely. As do fat bottom girls. <laughs> so, Jason, if there was one moral statue that you want everybody to know as they're about to move on to their next podcast, as, about, as they're about to continue their drives into work or cleaning up the house or whatever they're doing as they're listening to this, what is the one moral statue that we should all follow, really? Listen. Life is hard. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. It throws a lot of challenges at you. Sure. The one piece of advice that I could give, the one moral, if you will, always keep your stick on the ice. <laughs> <laughs>